0: You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. And one of the things that I love the most about Jenny Kane is how seamlessly all of their staples go together. Their iconic styles truly, truly make getting dressed so easy. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, so think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. For a limited time, Birthful listeners get 15% off their first order. Go to JennyKane.com and use the code BIRTHFUL15 to get 15% off. Now, if you love sweaters, Jenny Kane has an unrivaled selection that will become your new obsession. They are known for their super luxe yet lightweight sweaters, and they do cashmere pretty much better than anyone. My Jenny Kane Everyday Sweater is hands down one of my favorite and most versatile sweaters that I own. First off, it is so super soft and cozy, I feel like I am getting a hug every time I wear it. And its wool-cashmere blend makes it a great option from fall through spring. For those cooler summer evenings, Jenny Kane also has a great selection of cotton and linen sweaters. And if that wasn't enough, they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase. Find your new staples at JennyKane.com. Birthful listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code birthful15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J E N N I. K-A-Y-N-E dot com, so JennyKane.com, promo code BIRTHFUL15. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. This episode is brought to you by OneSkin, which is my go-to for skincare no matter the weather. Because unlike other products that you need to change up with the seasons... OneSkin products are powered by their scientifically proven peptide called OS1, which reduces the accumulation of damaged aging cells. Basically, instead of masking the issues, OneSkin addresses them at a cellular level, boosting your skin's natural barrier to lock in moisture and help protect against the elements. For a limited time, Birthful listeners will get an exclusive 15% off Oneskin products using the code BIRTHFUL when you check out at Oneskin.co. And I 100% recommend Oneskin. Not only does it make my skin feel, act, and appear younger, but friends that I haven't seen for a while are taking notice and asking, what are you doing to your skin? It is that good. And I also love their expanding line. On a day-to-day basis, I use One Skin Prep to wash my face. Then I apply their OS1 Eye topical supplement around my eyes and their OS1 face on my face and neck. Or if I know I'm going to be out in the sun for a while, then I use their OS1 Shield, which has an SPF that prevents UV-induced aging and repairs cellular aging all at once. Easy peasy. Get started today with 15% off using code BIRTHFUL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with the code BIRTHFUL. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them BIRTHFUL sent you. Help your skin stay younger and healthier for longer with OneSkin. Hello, hello, Mighty Parent or Parent-to-be. Welcome to Birthful. I'm Adriana Lozada, and for today's episode, my guest is Chelsea Arnett, who is going to be sharing her birth story as part of our Nutrition and Nourishment series. Now, I really appreciate that during her pregnancy, Chelsea didn't have to focus on her nutrition alone. It wasn't just up to her because her husband decided to take on the responsibility of making sure she was well-nourished, got lots of yummy food. And in that way, he was also able to more closely participate in the pregnancy and made it more real for him. Of course, it didn't hurt that he's the cook in the family. Then in terms of the birth story itself, this is one of those that just flows. Which isn't to say that it didn't have its challenges. It's called labor, not vacation, right? So as Chelsea looks back on her physiological experience, she's going to share what worked and what she'd do differently, as well as what helped her get through the immense identity shift and breastfeeding challenges that came with postpartum. Because more often than not, the postpartum period can catch you by surprise. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition. Chelsea, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
1: Hi, Adriana. I'm really excited to be here.
0: It's very exciting. I love when people reach out and tell me like, I want to share my story because it was really good and I want to balance things out with bad stories.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we start?
1: I'm a massage therapist in my little town on Vancouver Island. And yeah, I play soccer and do all sorts of fun things.
0: And I've always wanted to go to Vancouver and I've never made it out there. Maybe one of these days. Um
1: Yeah, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. I've always heard I I did my undergraduate in Montreal, so there's a little bit of a rivalry in terms of oh, yeah. which city is nicer. And Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have the better weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So let's go back to yeah. when you were pregnant with your daughter. And yeah. what were your thoughts about birth? And how did you prepare for giving birth?
1: Um, originally, I didn't really, I didn't know a whole lot. You know, it's what you've seen in movies and what your friends have told you and that kind of thing. So as soon as I found out that I was pregnant, it happened pretty quickly for us. And as soon as I found out, I knew I wanted to get a midwife. Um, and there's a couple in my little town that uh, work together. So I contacted them right away. And through them, I found a book called The Hypnobirthing. And that kind of really set the tone for my pregnancy and how I was going to think about giving birth really it was like the first page or two and it was just the doctor kind of describing how he would go to women that were not as well off and they'd be giving birth and not expecting to have any pain and not expecting to have any drugs and that kind of made me start thinking about well maybe it doesn't have to be this scary thing that you hear about and how horrible it is and um, it's kind of what your body's meant to do and women do it all over the world With and without help, and mammals do it all over the world, for that matter. (laughs) And uh, they don't have help with it too a lot of times. So uh, I just kind of tried to keep that in my mind, and also as a massage therapist, knowing how staying relaxed really helps your body not be tense and keeps your muscles relaxed. And thinking about that, that's going to cause less pain, especially during delivery, if you can keep your muscles from fighting against what you're trying to do. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of how I was trying. That was everything I was trying to keep in my mind going through pregnancy and into labor and delivery.
0: And you read the book, you did like sort of the hypno birthing course. Did you do any other classes aside from that? How are you preparing your body and your nutrition? Like, was there anything that you started doing differently because of pregnancy? Yeah,
1: I I was pretty active all leading up to that, like I played soccer and then I was actually doing some volunteering with therapeutic riding groups. So kids with disabilities riding on horses and I was leading horses. So I continued to do that once a week. So I was walking about 10 kilometers ish once a week. And I did that. I delivered on September 1st and I did that up until the middle of June. And I also started doing some prenatal yoga once a week, which was lovely. And my yoga instructor was so wonderful and just kind of adapted things for me because it wasn't actually a prenatal course or prenatal class. It was just kind of a gentle Hatha yoga. And I definitely started becoming more aware of what I was eating and kind of my husband's the key part of that because he's the cook in our family, (laughs) so he was making sure to get me full of all sorts of healthy yummy
0: things and oh, see I love that way of having partners connect with baby especially at the beginning when you're pregnant you can feel all these changes and how your body's kind of hijacked <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally yeah. but they're like they, there's a, a, definitely a disconnect and, and they, it takes them a little bit longer to feel real so totally. having him be like What I cook are the building blocks of my child. Exactly. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he was super encouraging and reading. And I think he was listening to podcasts Um, just a lot more about nutrition and how it can affect baby and me and going through all that. So it was really, that was really helpful.
0: Mm. So otherwise, it was pretty much an uneventful pregnancy, it seems like. Like nothing, no high risk, no problems. No
1: problems. No, I know I would go see my midwife, and she's like, "How are you?" I was like, "Fine." <laughs> and she's just like, "Okay, well, that's great. And just keep doing what you're doing." So, being a massage therapist, like I'm on my feet all the time, and I think that kind of helped too. And just being aware of different changes and things that were going on. But I was, I was so fortunate. I didn't have hardly any morning sickness. No discomfort, really. It was all pretty smooth sailing. <laughs> I, nice. I joke that pregnancy was kind of the easy part and then you have your baby, and you're. I didn't prepare for that part. Yeah. <laughs> About I found, that. Okay. I found your podcast after I had her, and I was like, oh, it would have been nice to have that before.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So now I tell everybody Aww. you got to go listen to what they have to say. You'll learn a lot.
0: Thank so. you so much. So let's fast forward to then end of pregnancy. How did you know you were in labor? What were the signs?
1: It was so funny. I thought all along, I was like, I'm going to be early. I don't know why. Maybe just first time expecting, hoping. (laughs) But I ended ended up being uh, 40 weeks plus three. And yeah, leading up to that, my parents were living out of town. So they'd come over and we'd kind of all get together and everybody's like, How are you feeling? (laughs) Fine, (laughs) normal. (laughs) And so actually, the day before, for well actually a couple days before you know we went swimming uh, we were doing all these things to try to encourage baby to come out <laughs> and I actually ended up going for an Indian head massage on it was the Wednesday night and I ended up having her on the Thursday so I kind of attribute it to that.
0: <laughs> and I gotta say every single time I speak to somebody about their birth story and when we're talking about when it started people say well yeah that was on a thursday so on a wednesday it's incredible to me that always people know what they remember what day of the week it was that babies showed up and i remember my daughter like labor started on wednesday she was born very early morning on a thursday yeah (laughs) it's that important it
1: is. And like you ask me anything else and about what days things happen. I have no idea, but I will remember that.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. And that head massage sounds fabulous.
1: Oh, it was lovely. It was so good. And it was actually the same yoga instructor that I had for my prenatal course. She does the head massage as well. And she'd done one earlier in my pregnancy. And she said, you know, I'm going to avoid these certain parts because they can stimulate labor and that so she avoided them the first time and then the second time i actually contacted her and was like do you happen to have any openings like you know i just had somebody cancel and i was just about to put it up but it's yours so it was it was meant to be (laughs) yeah yeah so when i went in to see her she's like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna spend a little bit more time on these spots we avoided last time and yeah so i Texted her the next day. I was like, yeah, she's here. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> but yeah, so the Thursday morning, I woke up and I had slept great. That was just kind of like a regular morning, had a little bit to eat and then just started to feel a little bit crampy and that things were just kind of changing. And kind of as the morning went on, cramps just started getting a little bit more intense. So I decided that I was going to have a bath. When I was in my bath, dad came to our house because he's like, oh, I'm going to clean up the yard for you guys a little bit. And my husband's like, maybe not right now. <laughs> might be a better idea to come do that later. <laughs> and so yeah, the bath was really nice. I had downloaded some music that I thought would be nice and relaxing for going through labor. So I was kind of listening to those when I was in the bathtub and after that I came upstairs and would just kind of be walking around and I just we've got this big huge shades in our house and that was kind of like my landing zone when I was starting to feel like I was having a contraction so I would just kind of go over there and lean over on some pillows and we had downloaded an app so that we could time them so my husband was timing my contractions and he'd kind of contacted the midwives to let them know that things were kind of happening
0: do you remember what what they were like at that point at that point it was still just
1: really strong cramping because i'd always thought like how am i going to know what's it going to feel like and so i just really intense like menstrual cramps in in my abdomen is how i would describe it it wasn't like excruciating pain or anything like that it was just i needed a minute to like kind of breathe through them and then I could kind of carry on and walk around and just hang out for a little bit. But I feel like they were it was happening quite regularly, quite quickly. Things were kind of continuing and they're starting to last a little bit longer and happening a bit closer together. So then he called the, the midwife and didn't hear back from them for about an hour. <laughs> and so he was doing really good and he wasn't panicking, he's was staying nice and calm with me and as my contractions started to feel more intense he would do this hip squeeze thing mm, that was just the awesome. double hip Lovely. squeeze like on both sides yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm going to put a link yeah. up to that double hip squeeze
1: it really helped get me through my contractions and gave me some relief which was awesome and yeah so he hadn't heard back from the midwives for about an hour and then finally the one that was on call and was going to be there with us she called and wanted to talk to me in time now realizing she just wanted to talk to me like through a contraction to see how things were going and after she talked to me she's like okay I'll be there as soon as I can so I think she got there about 20 minutes later and that was probably around noon and I would say this all started at around eight or so and so when she got there she wanted to check me and in the back of my mind I was like oh god she's going to say you know you're only so far along and this is gonna last for a lot longer. <laughs> anyway, so she checked and I was at eight centimeters already. Yay! And, yeah. <laughs> She's like, You've done so much of the hard part already. This is awesome. Um and I'd planned to go to the hospital. So she told my husband, you know, don't speed but drive quickly if her water breaks, drive faster. <laughs> and up until then, like my water hadn't broken. I hadn't had any other signs or symptoms and at that point i got up and went into the bathroom and a bit of the um, bloody show i guess it was happened and then we just kind of got all my stuff that i'd had packed up and got into the car and the hospital is about a 25 minute half hour drive from our house. So that wasn't the most comfortable drive I've ever been on.
0: (laughs) Not when you're eight centimeters along, right? No, no. Yeah,
1: it was really just trying to focus and breathe and keep myself calm. And yeah, so we parked and walked up to the hospital. I think we took the elevator, probably. (laughs) And got up there. My midwife was there. So we met her in the room. And all along, I'd wanted to do things as naturally as possible, but not knowing what things were going to feel like. I didn't want to set anything in stone. Like if I felt like I was going to need interventions of drugs or anything, I wanted to leave that open just because I didn't know how things, what things were going to feel like. So I do know at one point I kind of quietly asked for gas (laughs) and was, I think, a little bit politely ignored because it was too late at that point. (laughs) And they just got me kind of changed into a hospital gown and showered. The shower was good. We'd also, part of the plan was um, we wanted to have some essential oils and the music going in the room. So my husband set up my diffuser and he diffused lavender and a thieves thing to kind of help cleanse the air. And we knew if that kind of got shut down that we just wanted to have at least that part. And just because hospitals being sensitive, we weren't too sure how much they would let us do it. but Everybody, the nurses, and everybody was awesome, and they let us do that the entire time. So,
0: Yeah. Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths per day? That is so many breaths. Now, according to the EPA, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to 100 times more polluted. So then what is the solution for cleaner indoor air? For me, it's Air Doctor and their line of superb air purifiers that have captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and many more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes all kinds of pollutants, such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that can make you sick. Plus, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BIRTHFALL to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. And exclusive to podcast listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to a i r d o c t o r p r o. Dot .com so airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code birthful. Hey mighty one, as you approach the journey into birth and parenthood, now is the perfect time to make your home a serene and nurturing haven with the help of Home Threads. At Home Threads, you'll discover furniture designed for comfort and functionality, from cozy nursing chairs to versatile baby-friendly storage, as well as a super wide array of options to spruce up any room in your house. Home Threads can help make your home the perfect nest for your growing family and at a great value. I so appreciate that wide range of styles that you can find at Home Threads. For example, I was ecstatic when I found a pair of truly stunning mid century curved walnut dining chairs that somehow perfectly match my home office chair. I mean, what are the chances? These chairs are not only gorgeous in their light green upholstery, but also super sturdy and just so comfortable. I simply adore them. Explore the amazing finds Home Threads has waiting for you. Go to homethreads.com slash birthful and get a code for 15% off your first order. Do make sure to go to our unique URL of homethreads.com slash birthful to get your discount. Home Threads love where you live. In my experience, they love it. I mean... I'm sometimes you'll get a nurse that has sensitivities and they might switch out you or you arrange for it but usually they walk into the room and they're like oh it smells so good in here so it helps set the tone for them too yeah yeah
1: exactly and we had also some washcloths with one had peppermint and one had lavender on it and so just in case then at least I could have those to smell as well depending on what I wanted and what I needed and yeah so when we were there my husband kept doing the Double hip squeeze whenever I had an intense contraction. And at that point, I'd still say they were just, it was just really intense, but not, not pain, not something that you couldn't like focus through and know that there was going to be something else on the other side. So that was. That was really good. And the nurses and my midwife, they're all just awesome. And I had my mom in the room and my sister was trying to get there. <laughs> and my water still hadn't broken at this point. And I, my midwife asked if she could break my waters. And so she did. And we found out that baby had pooped while she was still in there. So they put the field monitor on to do the continuous monitoring at that point just to keep an eye on her and her heart rate was kind of changing depending on what position I was in. So they're playing around a lot with positions for me, what was good for her and what was kind of good for me on my side, on my hands and knees, all that kind of thing. And I'm trying to think now, we got there at 1.30 or so, and probably around 2, 2 2.30, I was starting to get feeling like I needed to push, but I was still at about nine centimeters. She said there was just a tiny little bit of a lip still. So I was trying not to push, but now thinking back on things. And I know the one woman you had on your podcast and talking about if you're getting that feeling to just think about pushing gently as opposed to not doing it. So knowing that for next time, <laughs> I think I'm just keeping that in the back of my mind.
0: Was that the one with Lapio? Yeah. Yeah, the free thinking pushing stage. I'll, I'll link it on the show notes too. Yeah,
1: that was a really, a really good episode. I really liked that one. Yeah.
0: And then I guess, Things kind of progressed enough, they
1: had the OB and the pediatrician all kind of came in just to kind of keep an eye on things. But my midwife had it all under control with the nurses and everything, and they didn't feel like there was any reason for them to intervene. So I was pushing. And my husband was using like an essential oil blend that was supposed to help with labor and the contractions. Once we got to the hospital, he started using that. And I can remember at one point having to ask him to stop because I felt like it was making my contractions way more
0: than I needed at that point. (laughs) Mm, Where was he putting it or how was he using it?
1: In a rollerball. And so he's putting it on my lower back and then also on the inside of my ankles so i just had to like okay i need a break from that <laughs> because i feel like it's making things too too intense right now and i need a little bit of a break um they had me oh gosh i was pushing in all sorts of positions but they had the bar up on the bed with the towel and so i was pulling on that and i can remember in my in and out state them kind of like giggling because they're like you're so strong you're pulling yourself all the way to the end of the bed so like you're just
0: you were doing more than the tug of war you were like you yes, know, exactly. yeah exactly yeah <laughs>
1: um I can remember them being a point where I was getting tired and I was just kind of taking a bit of a breather and they were I could hear them talking and they're just saying oh it's too bad the contractions just aren't it's like they're not lasting long enough to kind of help push her through because she was definitely kind of like coming down and then going back and coming down and going back and my midwife actually was also had been doing some perineal massage throughout which was awesome (laughs) And she asked if she could and i said yes please (laughs) and i think so i think that that helped a lot too because i ended up having no tearing or anything so when i remember them saying that the contractions weren't lasting long enough then i asked my husband to start using the oils again to help give me a bit of a boost with that And I remember them saying to push through the pain, but thinking, I'm not having pain. I'm just tired. And I was just needing to have a bit of a rest. And then in the next few pushes, things started progressing. And then she came out. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just all of a sudden a big sense of you know, relief. And it wasn't, there was no more of that intense cramping. And we didn't know what we were having. They brought her out and they said, do you want to? out what you're having so my husband looked and he said it's a girl i was sure we were having a voice so i was like check again <laughs> 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 Are you sure yeah so we had this beautiful little girl and she was just i don't know if it was what it was but she just came out and she was she's quiet she just kind of took it all in looked around we've got this awesome picture of me holding her and she's just looking up at both of us and she didn't cry right away i found out later that Nurses and midwives were kind of like, "Hey, cry, cry, cry," and then eventually she did, <laughs> and they were like, "Okay, everything's good."
0: And it takes them a little bit, you know. Yeah, There's a lot yeah. that needs to go They go from living in water to breathing in air. That's a whole exactly. lot of There's physiological lot things, of things that need to coordinate. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, she was she was there, and they said, "Do you want to do skin to skin?" And I said, "Yeah, I haven't really thought about it." So they just kind of. Stripped my hospital gown off and I was kind of like, Oh yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) Here she is. (laughs) And yeah. I love it. Yeah. it is really, really incredible. I think one of the more uncomfortable things is actually delivering the placenta afterwards and they're like palpating my stomach. And I can remember that being really uncomfortable.
0: I love that you um, say palpating and around here we say like, (laughs) they tell you, we'll do a a massage your tummy. That is not at all what it's like. No, no, you're poking it. <laughs> You're really squeezing in there. And I exactly. appreciate it right now. Yeah, no. Just went through a lot. <laughs> yeah. Did they do it several times, like four or five times every 15 minutes?
1: Yeah, they did do it a few times. And there was no issues with that, with delivering that either. It was all intact and everything it was fine.
0: Right. So you did not tear? I did not. No. I had
1: a couple um, like surface tears, but nothing else. Awesome. Yeah, I know it was. Lovely. <laughs> Pretty happy about that.
0: So, what made delivering the placenta not so great? I don't think it was actually the delivering part. I think it was just like the palpating part, and
1: just how that part just felt so uncomfortable. Um, and maybe just because they were just poking, and everything was so sensitive at that point, and kind of the adrenaline had run off. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think I was just kind of more aware of what was going on at that
0: point. And you said you started feeling like you wanted to push around two two thirty. What time was she born? She was born at 5.31. It was super fast. (laughs) I was shocked. Right, because it all started like 8 a.m. You had your first contraction. Yeah, yeah. That's such a nice, like tidy, flowing story, for sure. It
1: really was. And who knows if the next one will be that way, but it's nice to have that in my mind that that's how it can go and how it can be. So just kind of keep focusing on that part. Yeah, I mean, there's things that looking back on it that I will kind of try to keep more in the forefront of my brain. I I'd forgotten about kind of the hypno birthing, the breathing part, because I read the book, but parts of it didn't really resonate with me. Some of the imagery stuff that they were talking about, but I really liked the breathing aspect of it and just the idea of keeping everything nice and calm and relaxed and that part. But I kind of I forgot about. of the breathing techniques when i was actually pushing that i think would help next time because i kind of remembered right at the very end and started doing that and that's when she progressed a bit further and then eventually came out so i think trying to keep that in my mind sooner
0: and then actually
1: after listening to that podcast with you just knowing about the
0: quieting. Yeah, the quietude, the rest and be thankful phase. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just knowing that there's part where you might just need to take a minute while maybe she's moving positions or they're turning and everything before they're actually birds. So just knowing about that part too, I think, is helpful.
0: Yeah. And I find when you think about it that way, that then you actually end up pushing for less time. Yeah. Like the actual you exerting yourself tends to Exactly. Be. Yeah. So that's a beautiful bonus, of course. Yes, exactly. Even if it takes the same, you know, start to finish, but the amount that you go isn't.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. That I'm actually like pushing really hard or (laughs) whatever it is. I'm not exhausted by the end of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Chelsea, what are some of the things? I mean, it is a very low intervention flowing physiological birth that you had for sure. Yeah. And it seems like the things that you had as mantras to focus on really helped you out because you didn't have tons of things. It was more like stay calm and relaxed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was really, that was my main, main focus. And just, we had done like, um, one weekend course with a doula and just did like some breathing things and thinking about experiences that you'd gone through that could help you with the labor and delivery part. And we we had done this big hike a couple of times and it's like 21 kilometer hike and it's not a hard hike, but it's just long and you're carrying your pack and like all that kind of stuff. And you had points where you're like, I am so done. I just don't want to do this anymore. And just knowing you just have to have the go inside yourself and into your brain and just push through the body part and overcome it mentally because you can't just come out of it. <laughs> There's no escape through the hike or in the labor part. <laughs> and when we finish our hike, we're at this beautiful beach and it's gorgeous. And at the end of labor, you have your baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was trying to keep those kinds of things in mind and really just this staying calm and not being scared, because I know how much being scared causes your body to tense and then it's just fighting against yourself. So even when labor started just trying to keep the positive and stay calm about it and not be afraid of what your kind of body's going through. Just knowing that it's kind of a natural thing and just to kind of let things happen as they happen.
0: Would you do anything differently?
1: Like I said, the the breathing part Mm -hmm. and I think some of the pushing part too, maybe changing positions a little bit different. And not like pushing so hard on your back. It's like because I hadn't researched any of this beforehand, (laughs) finding out afterwards, like the different positions that help with pelvic opening and all that stuff, just trying to be a little bit more of an advocate for myself and maybe trying those kinds of positions. So like squatting or standing and that kind of thing instead for next time and kind of really working with your contractions and pushing with them. And even my midwife at one point, I remember her saying like, like, you can use your voice. Like, I was very, very quiet the whole time. I remember after my husband's like, you weren't you didn't yell. You didn't do anything like there wasn't really any crazy loud noises. (laughs) You weren't screaming. (laughs) And even like the nurses had commented about how
0: calm and peaceful the room was. And I really find that that is the case Often, like uh, it's just you know anecdotal on my part, but that I see it very often with people that have prepared using hypnobirthing that they tend to have quieter births, which is, yeah, as a doula, it can sometimes be a little disconcerting because you're like, I can't read you that well, where are you at? And you get things like this, Um, of like, wait, you're eight, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) surprise <laughs> which is great
1: right but yeah yeah, yeah. it's a nice surprise Absolutely. <laughs> even my husband he said I was there but I definitely at points I, I was just very much inside myself and to me as much as everybody else could help it was more about what I can do for myself and being in my own head and that was going to be the biggest thing was just keeping myself in a good space and mm-hmm. I know that that works really well for me. So having that internal conversation with myself and, you know, you can push through this and it's all
0: its all good. <laughs> so, oh, and I love uh, that focus because you're the one doing the work. Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> as much as everybody else is there and supporting and encouraging, like you're the one that has to actually go through and, and do it. So knowing that and just knowing, you know, my body, my body's capable of awesome, amazing things. So this is just another one of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. So good. So tell me a bit about postpartum. How did that go? Postpartum is a whole other story.
1: (laughs) Uh, You're just, it's something that nobody can really prepare you for. (laughs) And so you're on somebody else's time clock all of a sudden, which is kind of funny. (laughs) I tried to stay with the whole keeping myself nice and calm and relaxed, but I definitely had, I wouldn't say any postpartum depression or anything, but definitely some anxiety. And I definitely, I felt foggy for a little while and breastfeeding was pretty good, but I, she had a fairly, I guess it was a painful latch and I needed to get some medication and ended up having to use a nipple shield for a little while until everything healed. And then after that, it's been wonderful. It's been really a really good experience
0: now <laughs> oh yay yeah. and I think that's really important to underline that you know just because it's natural doesn't mean that it's easy and breastfeeding I find always has some hiccups it always has yeah. some yeah it, it the, yeah you'll get it yeah but it requires it's a learning experience for both for of both us exactly
1: and again not I really focused on like the pregnancy part and didn't do as much about the newborn stage. So I hadn't looked into breastfeeding or any of that stuff. So I wasn't really even too sure what to expect. It's a steep learning curve becoming a a parent.
0: (laughs) It's a super steep learning curve. And I think part of why people are like, there's no way people can prepare you for this is because we focus on the baby,
1: but we don't focus
0: on what's happening on your own transformation. Like the identity shift. Is oh my gosh, it's crazy when, yeah, and just how fast
1: of a, a shift it is, yeah, the way that I think now is completely different than what I... Thought before,
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 but and that, I, I think that's the part we don't talk about when we don't realize that you've been forever an I, and you like spend your twenties yeah. finding yourself and who you are and defining all this, and then suddenly your par- parent, you know, your mom, your dad, your whatever. Exactly, and we kind of laugh because we were,
1: we weren't, we were a little bit older. I was thirty-two when I got pregnant, so it was thirty-three when I had her, and. You know we had all this time to be super selfish before that mm-hmm. <laughs> so when it came to having her we're you know, like okay it's about somebody else now but it's definitely still like oh wow
0: <laughs> that's so funny I was 33 also when I had my daughter and to me I felt like how because I was older I was so set in all my other ways of how I like things and having a baby yeah. was like wait what <laughs>
1: wait what this is changing everything <laughs> Uh, Yeah, no, that's another thing too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, there's something to be said about figuring out who this new person is—not only the one you gave birth to, but the one you became.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And I didn't know that this would be who I was as a mom, but I really, I really like it. So it's been a really good shift and a really good change. It definitely took some time to get used to, but. It's been a really great learning process. So.
0: Well, and it sounds like you yeah. gave yourself the space and grace to figure that out.
1: Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. What, definitely having support from family and heavy and everything. It's been really good too. So, yeah.
0: what are some of the things you would tell? So, people who are listening, new and expectant parents, after having this experience and doing all this, what are some things that you would want to suggest for them? <laughs> Do some research
1: on the postnatal stuff and being okay with accepting some help and knowing that things are going to change and just being aware of it and to be able to accept that part of it and really focusing on keeping yourself calm and not being scared of what you're going through and changes that are going to happen and just trying to keep your body in a in a relaxed way, it I think that it just helps so much with my pregnancy and the delivery. And think about things that you've done in the past that you've overcome and try to keep those kinds of things in your mind too, so to know, you know, this is just another one of those things that you can kind of conquer.
0: <laughs> Before we close, I'm gonna ask you like this last weird question, which is, how were you transformed? How was I transformed? I think it's mentally big time,
1: you know, it's, it's not just about me. And I mean, I'd been with my husband for a long time before having baby. So we've been a we for a long time, but having this whole other little being to take care of and it's just, it changes your outlook and your perspective on everything. And it just, for me, it's just take a lot more appreciation in the now and what's happening and try not to worry about so much the future and the things that you can't control.
0: And that's been, it's been really, really good. (laughs) Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, glad that we got to do this. That was massage therapist and mom Chelsea Arnett sharing how birth transformed her. I hope that your biggest takeaway from this conversation is the importance of preparing for the postpartum period as much as you do for childbirth or even more. So was that your takeaway from the conversation? What was important to you? If you are not driving, it would be lovely if you would take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it to Instagram, sharing just that, what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. And when you share it, make sure to tag at Birthful Podcast so we can see it and amplify it. You can find the in-depth show notes and transcript of this episode at birthful.com where you can also learn more about my postpartum preparation classes to help you get ready for life with your newborn and download your free postpartum preparation plan. Birthful is produced and created by me, Adriana Lozada, with production assistance from Asia Platy. Thank you so much for listening to and sharing Birthful. Be sure to follow us on Good Pod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and everywhere you listen, and then come back for more ways to inform your intuition.